Ain't she sweet? There she is. <laughs> We're doing some really fun stuff about sugar because it is the South. This is Devin's Table. I'm Devin O'Day. I'm Sylvia Ganyer. And I'm Faith Ward. You know, we ha I love it when... It's the holiday season, and we got relatives that come to visit, and we say, look, we're doing shows at Green Door Gourmet. And I brought, she's like the resident gourmet in our family, so I brought, brought her along. She's just telling me about all these fun ideas, and now I can't wait to get cooking even more. <laughs> I'm getting so inspired. It's awesome. Same. That's I'm what happens. That's what happens. Well, we're going to talk sugar because it is the sugar season, right? Yes, and a lot of times people don't realize that there are so many different ways to sweeten things, mm -hmm. and there are ways that are traditional. You have to use them for a particular reason, but there are other things that you can substitute very easily. Well, you taught me a little bit during the, the end of summer season when we had sorghum, and I know we're going to be talking about sorghum. that. And we got the plain old white, regular, good old sugar. But let's start at the beginning and go through all the ways to make life a little sweeter. Okay. We wouldn't have enough time of the day to put out all the different varieties of sugar that are out there. So I picked some of the most common ones that you're going to see. Mm -hmm. So regular sugar, granulated sugar, not caster sugar or super fine. It's just a regular grind of sugar. Most baking recipes call for this kind of sugar. Mm -hmm. And it is more about the volume versus mm -hmm. the sweetness. So it works almost like a binder. So mm. you need the volume. Mm. So if it calls for a liquid sweetener, that's more interchangeable than using the granular sugar. Okay. Gotcha. Um, powdered sugar. This is sometimes, my granny called it icing sugar. Did your mom ever call it icing yes, sugar? Yes, I've heard that. So icing sugar, you make the very best buttercreams and everything else out of your powdered sugar with a little dash of vanilla and some really mm. good butter and just let it go low yeah. and slow. Um, and then we have brown sugars. And brown sugars are first cousin to these sugars, but they haven't been refined. And so you have light brown sugar, mm -hmm. you have dark brown sugar, um, the most Deep Appalachian cooks will tell you, you always are going to use dark brown sugar. Yeah. We like it darker, but most modern recipes are going to call for light brown sugar. I yeah, knew I like was deep Appalachian somewhere. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> down in there. You are my sister by another yeah. mother. Um, and so these are also baking sugars used especially in the holiday time. So mm -hmm. you want to have that apple stack cake. You gotta have that to make mm -hmm. stack cake. I make use my crumble with and, my pecan. Oh yeah, that sounds that. good. Demerara or turbinado sugar. Mm. Um, this is a brown granulated sugar, and it works great to put on topping of cookies or anything oh, else that you yeah. want it to have a deeper flavor. It also is great on creme brulee, and so instead of using this that you have to burn to a you know smithereens, this melts fast and creates this beautiful kind of golden sheet on top of creme brulee. So Crazy use good. Yeah. this uh, type of sweetener. After that, we have honey. I love honey. And get get the real honey. That stuff in, I'm sorry, but the stuff in most of the stuff in the bears is not real honey. It is like corn syrup with a little honey flavor. Buy a bear jar, put good honey in it, and there you know you where go. it comes from. Mm -hmm. um, a way to test if it's real honey or not is um, put a little drop of water, and if the water goes through, the honey has been cut because it can penetrate going through. Really? Oh. And so that's a way to test. So real honey, you wouldn't have water going into it. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put it in a, a whole big jar of it. Just do a little bit because water starts to ferment honey, and you'll have mead. So don't put a whole bunch of water to see if it's good, all right? <laughs> you'll get drunk on um, your honey, honey. But I love when you open a jar, honey, the whole aroma of a oh meadow gosh, yes. happens right oh, yeah. then and there. Wow. So liquid gold, 
A bee makes one teaspoon in their lifetime. Think about the hardworking bees. Wow. So thankful for our pollinator friends. And thanks for all the wonderful Tennessee Beekeepers Association that has wonderful beekeepers all over our state with good local honey like you have at Green Door Gourmet. you got to support them, Mm y'all. Then we have sorghum. Of course, this is sorghum that we made here. It has all those wonderful tropical notes, a little orange, a little of those flavors. So if it says molasses you can interchange sorghum for the molasses. Oh, interesting. It's so good. And the pineapple notes, that's the thing. It had a kind of a pineapple taste to it when we tried it here. Yeah, it's really good with bourbon, mm. too. What <laughs> region is more popular for sorghum? Um, deep South, Appalachian. Really? Um, because molasses is a byproduct of sugarcane, so the mm. further south you go, the more that was available. Really? Um, sugarcane can't grow here, so this is our our version of molasses, mm. if you will, even though it's a different sort of byproduct. Now here is Faithy's thing. Maple syrup. I have oh, it I, I have it in this. You can just turn it up and just chug <laughs> it. It's all good. Um, so a really good, um, I like a medium amber color syrup. Um, after that, we have date syrup. And you I can have... I have never heard of that in my life. It's really very interesting. It's super thick. Fascinating. Can I smell it? Yeah, you can smell it. Can I smell of it? Mmm. <laughs> um, but it is mm-hmm. wonderful for making um, the old-fashioned puddings. Okay. And like a, a figgy pudding. If you want to yeah. make a figgy pudding, you're going to use more of a date syrup sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have the good old-fashioned Cairo that mm-hmm. we all grew up mm-hmm. with. And the one thing that I will say is a lot of people think Cairo is high fructose corn sugar. It is not. It is a corn syrup. It is made from corn. It has you know, other things in there. It has a little caramel color, all of that, but it is not high fructose corn syrup. There's a little bit of a difference there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're eating pecan pie once a year and your great-granny's recipe had Cairo syrup and you don't want to venture out to try it with date syrup or maple syrup or honey or sorghum, we're going to forgive you just that once. You know what I did one time? I didn't have anything to sweeten. I didn't want to make a full cream cheese frosting. So I just used cream cheese and I sweetened it with, for cupcakes or like muffins. And I sweetened it with maple syrup a little bit because I don't like it too sweet. Plus, I'm always diabetic. And cinnamon. It was really good. And I just topped these cupcakes with it. It was like quick and easy. Sounds delicious. Warm. See, I'm getting inspired again. <laughs> You know, and one of the things not here is if you're from Louisiana or in the South, you remember the yellow can of Steen's ribbon cane syrup. It's the thick, it's like sorghum, but different because it comes from sugar cane, not a sorghum cane, but it's delish too. We'll have to get some of that for the next time. Mm -hmm. So you were mentioning uh, that your mom's diabetic. So I just wanted to quickly touch on all of these things. They're going to be not... Super, super good for people with glycemic index Mm -hmm. issues, right? But as you get into these sweeteners, Mm -hmm. going from honey all the way down the line in this order, honey, sorghum, maple syrup, date syrup, caro syrup, that is the trigger for glycemic index. So these natural sweeteners don't have the exact same reaction as these sugars. So it takes, um, takes some of that pressure off. Mm-hmm. The people that need something natural. My mom, who's very smart and educating herself about that, she found out about maple syrup, and now she uses it in her coffee to sweeten her coffee. And that's one of the reasons I did that. I said, well, I could use it just about for everything. I can use it for, you know, and I use organic and everything. I'd love to learn how to make it, but I'm not near any kind of trees that you could do that. I mean, I'm, I'm just not going to do it, but it would be nice to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, but no. 
<laughs> I like to appreciate the artisans that actually make it, you know. Yes, let's support the good farmers that are around. And, you know, and the more fiber, let's say so you're <clears> making a dessert. If, you're, if you've got someone who's diabetic, making something, the higher the fiber, that, that really helps too because that automatically lowers your net carbs. And so whether you're keto or diabetic, always make sure that if you have a high fiber thing, it might be a treat that you can have that feels kind of like a treat, like a sweet, like a, a, a muffin or something that you want to put a little icing in. It feels like a treat, but it doesn't hurt you so bad. You know figs? I'm very, very close friends with okay, them. Okay, you know they, they, the, the preserves, you know, good fig preserves. Yeah. You know how you like to have them fresh and on a hot biscuit? Well, my mom loves those. And do you think that you could make, is fig syrup as good as date syrup? I mean, could you do that with figs? I have never tried it. However, there's a first time for it. Oh, well, hey. But you can eat the whole fig, but I'm just saying if there's any extra runoff, say, some well, extra juice. Yeah, if you were cooking them down and you had too much liquid in the pot, that mm -hmm. would probably be a good thing to do. You could take that off. You would have to cook it with a little bit of, of sugar in order to get it to congeal and put some pectin in it. But... Um, I think it could work. Could you use a different kind of, what kind of sugar would be a good sugar to use that not as bad? None of those, no. But I mean, is there any uh, other kind of sugar? If I was going to pick, I would probably do a brown sugar versus a, a bleached white. See, I'm so like glad that. you said that because I thought brown would be better if I was going to pick a sugar. Or you could just put your finger in it and we it really talk. <laughs> we could talk sugar for hours, but we're not because the show isn't that long. But we'll be back at the end of the show to discover if there might be a recipe for fig syrup or something. something something like that something any recipe you want it's at greendoorgourmet.com i promise you you'll find a lot there we'll be right back hi i'm brenda fielder when it comes to sunrooms and screen porches we have more than 60 years experience helping middle tennesseans add value to their homes at mid-south exteriors we install all types of signing from hardy board to all the new vinyl designs we also do custom trim, gutters and downspouts. We even do roofing. And of course, energy efficient replacement windows. Our website is our showroom, so we come to you and sell direct to you for less. Hi everybody. I'm here in the Green Door Kitchen, Sylvia Ganyer, and I'm going to tell you how you reconstitute your bread. Everyone loves this great village bakery bread or the papacha, and then you get it home, it's so wonderful that first day, and then you're like, hmm, how can I make it as good as day one? I'm going to show you how you do it. It's really simple. All you need is some aluminum foil, a little bit of water, and the bread. Really simple. You're going to take just a little bit of water, rub your hands like this, sprinkle it over. You can even make a little cup of the water. Half the look. Half the bread. It's a happy bread. And then you're going to take the foil. You're going to make a little, we call them pork chop packs back home, right? Make a pork chop pack out of the bread. And you're going to put it right in a 300 degree oven. Leave it in for about 10 minutes. Already stringing up lights. We're feeling that Yuletide shine. Crank up that holiday jive. Why should we have to wait till after Turkey Day? We want to celebrate. Let's fight and
Christmas, score big and give her what she truly wants. A diamond bracelet, earrings, or new diamond ring. And now, with Earthmind and lab-grown diamonds, we can match any budget. All offered with interest-free financing. Or trade in your old jewelry for a new sparkly look. Score big points with diamonds from Hancock Diamonds. Hancock Diamonds, Goodlitzville. Hey, what did I tell you about throwing football indoors? If SC is coming to town, he might be hungry, and these kids can cook for him. They're part of Adventures in the Kitchen, a 4-H program in Robertson County, where 9-year-old Lily Thomas is picking up some mad culinary skills. For the record, there are two Lilies in the class, along with several other talented young chefs. We learned how to make quesadillas, and me and the other Lily we made apples. Well, you get to get your hands dirty. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. And sometimes we get even more pleasure out of giving. 4-H agent Kathy Finley teaches the kids how to make a bowl full of jelly, a delicious seasonal jam, strawberries and cranberries the main ingredients. The kids get a small jar to take home or to give to someone else. There are other important holiday lessons here too like generosity, writing thank you notes, and etiquette. Just a reinforcement of, of saying the magic words, please and thank you, uh, showing appreciation to people, and also just using good table manners. An ambitious seasonal goal for many people this time of year is to make it to the new year without gaining weight. That's not easy, but UT Extension experts recommend keeping exercise part of your routine along with choosing sensible foods. That goes for the kids, too, and Agent Lauren Patterson teaches them that holiday meals can include lots of healthy foods. They all include different vegetables, so we talk a lot about food groups, and today the students will get to learn about different dishes they can make using several food groups. But we like to show people that, you know, 30 minutes you can whip up a meal. That's just what these kitchen adventurers did, and now time to put it away as it's conveniently lunchtime here. From kitchen to stove to stomach. Holiday foods that are easy and tasty and in just a short time. This is Charles Denny reporting. We could do that. Oh, yeah. 
I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was sitting by my side. To stay with this rustling lot, the misfortune seemed to start. We got up in a what the heck is sot meaning upsot? Who wrote those lyrics upsot? What the heck is that? Ah, God! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Better than ever. It's Crystal, UT TSU Extension here in Shelby County. Live tree sales are booming this year. Let me offer you a few tips on taking care of those live trees so they don't become a fire hazard. My first tip is this. As soon as you get the tree home, put it in water. Next tip, make a fresh cut. At least an inch from the base of the trunk before you place the tree in its tree stand. My third tip, Get a tree stand that holds one to two gallons of water. A fresh cut tree will use up to two gallons of water a day. So make sure that you're keeping that tree stand full of water daily. My next tip, do not place the fresh tree in direct sunlight or in front of heat sources like fireplaces, heaters, and stoves. If you're going to be decorating your tree with lights, Use LED or mini lights and make sure that you check the wires and cables on those lights. And finally, my last tip is this. Before you leave home or before you go to bed at night, unplug the tree. So if you have any gardening questions, feel free to give me a call at 901-752-1207. I'm happy to help. Have fun with your live Christmas tree and happy holidays to you and your family. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel, urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. If you can relate to freshman year of college, like you're in a new place with new people and have no idea who you are, what you care about, or the type of person you want to be. You're just in a really new setting and kind of reconsidering yourself and your identity or, or considering your identity for the first time. And um, I stumbled upon Best Buddies. So I had a girl in the dining hall that tapped me on the shoulder and she had Down syndrome and we talked for five minutes and she wanted to know my name and who I was and what I did that summer. And there was something about her. It's like she really wanted to know my name and she wanted me to know her name. And when you're in that new place of new people, it was just a feeling that I clung on to. And then I saw her picture in a flyer for Best Buddies and um, I was like, all right, that felt somewhat serendipitous. And 
Um, you know, then I they show you a video about what it's like to be a best buddy. They have a buddy pair speak, and uh, by the end of it, I'm like writing my name in tears, like, yeah, I want a best buddy. <laughs> and then I got matched at my best buddy, Brian, on September 26, 2010, as a freshman in college, a month into school, and um, he's just like the right friend at the right time for me. That uh, he's one of those people that, like, by letting his own light shine, he gives you permission to shine too. Um, and everyone needs people like that in their lives. He makes me think of my mom. That's another one like that. That she's just so authentic in herself and vulnerable. And um, here, this guy was freshman year. Is I'm so caught up in myself and what I want to care about and who I am. And he was just so had, like not even confident, just so comfortable in who he was and in trying to engage with other people. And um, for me, I just like looked at him like a north star that I wanted to be more like him. And so we've been best buddies for I guess over 13 years now. And so it, I do get super passionate because it is so personal to me and I also get to see it from the side that more than people with intellectual disabilities benefit that I've seen how much it's impacted my life. My parents will tell you how much it's impacted us, my friends, my family, the way I've seen it impact my group of friends and my extended family. I think for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities experience loneliness and isolation at really disproportionate rates. Um, some are for these perceived barriers and stereotypes and biases that we have. and I think others are for really literal barriers, so sometimes isolation uh, in a classroom or from the workforce, and I think it's 85% of people uh, with intellectual and developmental disabilities report facing loneliness on a daily basis, and so we address that really head on by bringing people together with and without disabilities, and uh, I think breaking down some of those barriers and trying to find common ground while also um, not only accepting our differences, but truly appreciating them. I think that's uh, the next level, not just understanding and acknowledging that we're different and accepting someone, but really appreciating those differences and that that is what, that's like the good stuff. I think what makes us all really special is that we have these differences and that we uh, get to, you know, learn from each other and get to exist together while also having these things that bind us together about what we want for our lives and how we want to be seen and heard and loved and um, we get to make people feel seen and heard and loved. and. I referenced the over 5,000 people that we serve, but there are hundreds of thousands of more people that we want to serve. Um, and every year, yeah, we raise money to try to not only uh, grow and reach more people, but even just to sustain our existing programs. I think uh, it takes a lot. And I think the tricky part with Best Buddies is there's kind of an aggravating part. It's like, I feel like we have a solution. We're not um, asking for money or having fundraising events, trying to, to find a cure to try to address this loneliness that we talked about like 85% of people are facing loneliness or isolation and it is a super existential like significant problem. I think the Surgeon General had this incredible report on the impact of loneliness. It is a very real, very challenging issue and we feel like we have a solution to it. Like we're not just trying to figure out how to address it. We feel like we solved the problem. Hi, I'm Brenda Fielder. At Mid-South Exteriors, our custom sunrooms bring the sunshine in without all the heat and the bugs. And they keep you warm all winter while you enjoy the outdoors all year round. They add real value because we build them like your house to match your house. Or let us save you energy by replacing your windows and old siding. And because we have no retail overhead, we come to you and sell direct to you for less. Call us at 833-8003 or visit us at MidSouthExteriors.com well, now we got to go make desserts. GreendoorGourmet.com has all sorts of recipes, doesn't it? Yes, it does, including some really fun dessert ones. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Well, whatever you're doing, if you're watching your sugar, 
Yeah, learned on this episode the better sugars to use and be healthy out there, guys, as much as you can, but always indulge maybe just a bite. A bit. Just a bit. A bit. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more. And if you're looking for a blessing, you got to first be, be one. one.